I just love her. I love that. Honestly, like she grew on me as we read. Like I was pretty pissed off at her for burning Joe's books. That too. She's got a hot temper. She got a hot temper. <laughs> and I can I can relate. I've done some horrible things to my siblings in spite. <laughs> Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Sierra Marshall, a woman that's a total Amy. So before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the book's review, and if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. But if you're just here for the fun-loving and sometimes heated and sometimes educational conversation, then welcome. We are so glad you're here. Whether you want to read one, none, or all of these books, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely to opinionated amateur readers. So you may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to, no matter how you like your books. You can tell us your opinion and your hot takes of all of these books on our Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. That's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Sarah, welcome <laughs> to this episode of Red Wine Reads. So excited to have you on the show, as always. Thanks. <laughs> so happy to be here. So this week, we read Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. This is a absolute classic. And kind of before we get into everything else, uh, Little Women related, I do want to start off with some quick facts for those of you who don't really know about Little Women. So this book was published uh, back in the 19th century. So this is a 1800s book. Crazy. And at the time, Louisa May Alcott wrote this book in record time for money because her family was quite poor and she wanted to somehow support them. And so she wrote this book super fast and she wrote just kind of like the first half of it and then she wrote the second half and then later they combined it into one book and it was an immediate success uh, which surprised both her and her publisher and then it has since become one of the most widely read novels and it has adapted into film in 1994 and also 2019 and people have said that this book is said to represent a period in a young woman's life where childhood and elder childhood are overlapping with young womanhood so little women I think it was also a movie done in 1949 as well. It was. Yep, 1949. Because if you've listened to our episode or if you've read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, she kind of references they made Little Women into a movie during that time in that book. Like, it's fictional, but they also made Little Women into a movie then. Alrighty, well... Sierra, I'm not drinking anything tonight. Me neither. I've had a headache all day, so I'm like, yeah, that's probably not the <laughs> the cure. <laughs> I have water. I know. I was at work, so I was like, I have to wake up so early in the morning now that there's no way I'm going to be drinking tonight. So really exciting stuff. <laughs> We're really partying it up. On a Tuesday night. <laughs> I mean, it's fitting for the book. Because they even speak about how they don't drink. So there you go. Oh my gosh. There you go. So with Little Women, we have our little women. So we have our main characters. Joe, who's the independent one. Beth, who's the caring one. Maggie's the oldest. She's kind of focused on vanity and appearance. And then Amy's kind of the youngest. She's very spitfire. I also have a note here that she's v-emotional um, as a young kid and then grows into herself. And then they have their mom. 
Marmy. And then Hannah, who's their maid, housekeeper, nanny, all in one. And then you have uh, Laurie, who is Joe's good friend. He's like their neighbor. And he's kind of all over the place, very theatrical almost. Um, <laughs> I listened to a lot of this book on audio. I read I read like about half and then I listened to about half. And so it's very, it's very fun to like hear them act out the characters because Laurie is a very big character when you like listen to it on audio. So when finding a summary for this book, it's kind of interesting. They like don't really have a summary because this was kind of before books had summaries. (laughs) And so like anytime you like look up a summary, it's like a full synopsis of the book. And you're like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. (laughs) So I just pulled this off of like the first two paragraphs of Wikipedia. (laughs) So Little Women is a coming of age novel written by American novelist Louisa May Alcott, originally published in two volumes in in 1868 and 1869 at the request of her publisher. The story follows the lives of four March sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, and details their passage from childhood to womanhood. Loosely based on the lives of the author and her three sisters, it is classified as an autobiographical or semi-autobiographical novel. Also fun fact thrown in there. So this is what I was going to tell you before we started recording. So this was my first time reading this novel. I had not watched any of the movies beforehand. So I've never seen the movies. I've never read a book. And I grew up with this book on my shelf. Wow. This is my mom's copy from when she was a kid. So this is from the 1989, I think is when it was published. Wow. And so like I grew up with this book on my shelf and like I've always, and it has little pictures in it. So I'd always flip through when I was younger and like look at all the pictures, but I never actually read it all the way through and I've never actually seen any of the movies. I'm genuinely shocked because it was when it, came out a few years ago, I think 2019. Mm -hmm. It was so big. So I'm really surprised, especially with it being like such an iconic movie in general, but like especially now. I'm really surprised that you hadn't seen any of it before. I'm surprised. It's always on my like, oh, I should watch that sometime. (laughs) Never gotten around to it. Now I'm like really excited to read or to watch it because I'm like now ready for it. Right. I've seen both. uh, I think it was 80s with Winona. And then I've also watched the newest. And then I've also seen bits of, there was like a mini series that I think BBC did. I think when I was a kid, I got confused between Little Women and Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) So I was like a big fan of Little House on the Prairie, but um, never actually saw Little Women. But I have to say, this book surprised me in a lot of ways. I think it firstly surprised me by just how easy it was to read. You know, it's not the easiest book in the world to read because it was written in the 1860s. But like the fact that it was written in the 1860s and it's still like pretty easy to get through. Like it's not really hard to understand. And it's like a pretty like engaging storyline. And you kind of want to like see what happens with the sisters. I was just kind of like shocked. (laughs) I'm just used to like going into school and you read these terrible (laughs) novels that you're just trying to truck through. And you're like, I don't understand what the heck they're saying. Right. And yet with this one, it was just like, oh, I'm actually reading this and understanding. Right. It's such a typical story of a family. And I think that is what makes it such a great book. It's so relatable, but so accessible. A lot of people have sisters. The family dynamic is still very true to today. 
Mm-hmm. I do think like the sibling relationship comes through and I think like that is kind of a universal thing. But I also think it was a very fun read for me because I don't have any sisters. So I got to like, oh, like these are my sisters and I get to like read about them and like <laughs> kind of get immersed as like one of the March sisters. So I thought that was super fun and super different. As I was trying to find pairings for this book too, I'm like, I realized I don't really read any books with sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was like, I could not find, like, a sisterly book. Those are not the tropes I usually go for. And, I mean, it's understandable, but it's just like, this is new. (laughs) Yeah, I think, for me, it's very relatable. I have one sister, at least. But I have friends who are very much also like sisters. So like for me, it's like taking those personalities and kind of trying to match them up to like different people. So I, my sister's very much like Beth. She is a very kind soul. She likes to help others. She is a bit shy, still outgoing. So she's got a little bit of a mix there. But for the most part, like I would say her soul, her heart, everything to me is very Beth. And then I have a few friends who are very much Joe, and I love that. And she is fierce and she is unafraid to be herself. And I love that the idea of femininity doesn't really face her. She is who she is and she wants to be who she wants to be. And then like myself, I'm very much an Amy and a lot of people like really don't like Amy and I love Amy and not just because I see myself in her a lot, but I do think she's a little bit of an underrated character and a lot of people misunderstand her and I think they misjudge almost like the things that she says. And then, you know, you always have your friends who are very much Meg. They have this dream to be mothers and they sometimes struggle with the fact that maybe they don't have enough or just struggle with the day-to-day but on the whole like they are that older sister that guidance that a lot of people need so I just like to attach the characters to like people I know and try to like match them up in their personalities and I think that's one of the great things about this book. Yes. So, okay, you're saying you're like Amy. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to expand. Uh, Like, what levels do you relate to her on? I love very pretty feminine things. Her whole speech about, like, Joe's language and how she doesn't like her, her slang. Thankfully, I try not to be the person who's using words that they don't understand. But, I mean, I do try to elevate myself within society and... There's a lot of downsides to that and there's a lot of upsides to that. And I think with Amy, you see both of those sides. Amy can be seen as someone who's looking down on people, but that's never her intention. And I think some people misunderstand the things that she does. Yeah. Also though, like, I think it's just the freedom to be whoever you want to be. And I think she wants to be girly and she wants to marry rich and she wants to be the best at something or nothing at all. And I think that's a very admirable, admirable, yes. See, can't even think of the words. (laughs) Admirable quality in someone, everything about her and especially like the depiction within the book. And then also like when it translates to screen, I think a lot of times she is a misunderstood character. But to me, I relate to her quite a lot. I just love her. 
I love that. Honestly, like she grew on me as we read. Like I was pretty pissed off at her for burning Joe's books. That too. She's got a hot temper. She got a hot temper. <laughs> and I can I can relate. I've done some horrible things to my siblings in spite. <laughs> well, okay. I feel like we, you know, we were friends in college. Um, and as we, you know, have continued our friendship outside of college, who would you uh, say I am most like? I want to say like Joe and Meg a little bit. I see you as like a very like person who's like very guiding towards other people. But I also see you like you're a strong feminine woman and I admire you so much for it. And I think like you have a very strong stance on a lot of things. And that is something I absolutely love about you. Oh, that was so sweet. That was much nicer than it's going to be. <laughs> they, well, honestly, I just want I wanted to ask you because I had no idea. I was like trying to because I was like, I do think I have Joe qualities, but I don't think I'm as outspoken. Like, I feel like I'm a little quieter on that front. I have a lot of opinions, but I'm pretty quiet about them. <laughs> so I think that's like perfect. Now I can like totally say, yeah, I'm like a Joe and a Meg, like combined. <laughs> Now I can participate in the cultural conversations. Yes. <laughs> and it's sometimes funny, too, because on top of the books, you also get movie adaptations. So if you look, watch like multiple movies in one adaptation, you might find certain characters more bothersome than others. But I think the important thing is they're all characters that are flawed. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of this book. None of them are better than the each other. I would argue that maybe Beth is a little bit, <laughs> she's a little bit better than most because her flaw was that she's not as willing to meet people and talk to new people and be out there with her personality. But I don't really think that's a terrible flaw to have. And maybe she's a little stubborn and quiet. I mean, her quietness did end up, I think, hurting her a little bit towards the end of her life because she did keep a lot of that quiet when she was hurting and not feeling well. And to me, it robbed a couple of characters of being there for her. And I think that was a little bit of a character flaw. But on the whole, that's what I love about this book is it just kind of teaches every single woman, like no matter if you're the main character, if you're out in this world, you're a person, you have flaws and those flaws are something that can be worked on. And as you grow as a person, you can ring those in and help yourself become a better person to others like Amy ended up being very selfless, even though for the whole of it, I want to say she was very much a selfish or self-centered person. Joe, she brought in her, her anger, her temper, and she grew to have a forgiving heart. And I think Meg, Meg ended up being able to talk with her husband and see her flaws and like wanting this perfect, perfect life. And that's just not obtainable. So I really liked that whole aspect of people are people. Yeah, I think like I had that same note where this book was so good because of the characters in it. As you said, the story is pretty mundane. It's just like a coming of age story. It's just girls going through what they're going to go through in the 1860s, trying to find a husband, trying to find their self, trying to, you know, like be less selfish and do all this stuff. And it's just like, it's so relatable on so many levels. Yes, we are not in the same position where we have to like hunt out a husband in order to like make our way in society these days. And it was cool to see even Joe like being able to make some money off of like stuff she's written, be able to kind of be self-sustainable in a way. But it's just like those same universal themes of just like 
how do I want to spend my free time? How do I want to spend my energy toward work? Like, what does that work look like? How do I have a conversation with my husband? How do I talk with you know, my friends and how do I communicate that I'm hurting and that I'm, I need help. It's just like all these universal themes that are thrown into each character. And it's crazy that 150 years, it hasn't changed. (laughs) Right. We are still humans going through the exact same things. Like we are still trying to figure this life out in the exact same ways. It's just like some of the like specifics look a little different. And I thought that that was like fascinating to me as I'm reading this. I'm like, it's so crazy that you're just relating to every single woman on this in this book on such a deep level and it's 150 years later right well I love that like that whole communication thing as well because each of the girls and how they speak to one another and and how they speak to Lori and I think it's like so interesting or even her Meg's husband and how Beth tells her sisters that she doesn't think she's going to make it. Communication is again, like such a really strong theme throughout this book. One of my favorite scenes is when Amy's like getting onto Lori. So I know in the movie adaptation, it's lit up, but I liked the book and her like just kind of going in on him. And she's like, you literally have, in my opinion, decreased so much. You held the world when I was younger, like you hung the stars and the moon. And then like, as I grew up, I'm seeing you now. And like, I've become this woman who knows what she wants and who deserves things. And you're going to sit here and you have privilege and you have money and you have all these things and you're not going to do anything with your life. You're going to be lazy and you're going to be self-centered and you're, you're just going to let one thing a girl said to you ruin your life. That's so dumb. Oh my gosh. I loved that scene. I was just like, go at it. Get him. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. I also really liked that. Like, you see how Lori's opinion of Amy changes. I like that we got that little like inner dialogue in a way from him of she's not like Joe, but I'm okay with that. And then him just kind of growing to be like, everything she said was right. I am being lazy. And I like that he kind of was like, I kind of need someone to put me in my place. Well, and it's interesting too, that even like Louisa May Alcott, like wrote a book where, um, like, I feel like this is becoming more of a theme in more modern literature, but like the ending isn't what you think. Like you think like Joe and him are going to end up together. You're like, you, they cannot, like they can't just like not end up together. They're joined at the hip. They, you know, fight like an old married couple. It just has to happen. But then you kind of know like Joe's never going to give in. Like it's just, she's not going to have those feelings. And then as she starts to talk to Marmy about it and you're like, yeah, she really doesn't have those feelings for him. And then as it kind of gets toward the end of when he tells, when he comes back with Amy and his, as his wife and Marmy's like, you know, if he would have come back after you had told him no, would you have said yes? And then she's like, I don't know, maybe. Cause like now I'm like thinking that I want to be a wife and I want to have a family, but it wouldn't have been for the right reasons. Like I still would love him in the exact same way I love him now, which is just friends. And it's the 1860s trope of just friends and like friend zoning someone. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You're just expecting this fairy tale ending and it's not like that. It kind of blew me away. <laughs> he was mad. He was so upset and very angry, which like, I mean, I get it. Like he's put a lot of like 
his heart into their relationship. And I think in any relationship you should, but I understand how he would think we hang out all the time. Oh, she really likes my company. Like I can see how the message might have been crossed, but I like that in the book, which doesn't necessarily happen in the movie. She's kind of like, I need to get away from Lori. He's getting a little too too friendly and she's like and I don't reciprocate reciprocate those feelings so like I don't really want to continue to lead him on knowing full and well that I will never have those feelings for him and so I really like I think we missed that communication aspect in the movie that I've seen and I think in this that's kind of a very important part again like communication is key and that her communicating like it's a no from me. Specifically talking to Marby and being like, I've got to go. He's getting a little too friendly. That was so good. And I, I know like you keep kind of bringing up the differences between the books and the movies. And so like, what do you think were like the main differences as you kind of look at both and like what kind of drew your attention more to the book? What kind of drew your attention more to the movies? I mean, the similarities, you know, that sisterly connection is there. The love between all these different relationships. A lot of it was very much the same. But the difference to me was, one, you get a lot more depth into, like, what these characters are thinking. You also get a lot more of, like, Joe's writing in a lot of ways. When they're performing plays, like, I haven't seen ones where, like, you get the plays. And I think a lot of that also, like, ties into different feelings and different emotions with people and And then I also, you know, like I said, there's just a lot more meat to the actual relations between each other. I think when you watch the movie, you don't see that partnership as much between Lori and Amy grow. And so a lot of times I think when people watch the movie instead of reading the book, they're kind of left like, how did he go from like loving Joe to loving Amy? But I think in this she calls him out. They ha- they hang out a little bit more. He goes away, but then he's stewing on it, thinking, and like he starts communicating with Amy. They start sending letters back and forth, and then you get that them growing in that way to actually love each other. Whereas it's very fast paced in all the movies. I mean, I get it because it's you only have so much time to tell the story. But I think it's much less shocking. And you're kind of like, oh, like this makes sense. Amy's grown up as a person and you're not just like, she's that spoiled bratty sister who wanted Lori, like had her eyes on Lori and stole him from Joe when like Joe clearly did not want him. Oh, 100%. No, that's very interesting. I just like, I know how sometimes book adaptations can go haywire. And so it's nice nice to know this kind of seems like it was done well. Um, And I've heard from critics that it was very, done very well as well. Now, now I just want to go watch it. Oh, you should. You should. I 10 out of 10 recommend it. Okay. Well, is there anything you didn't like as we kind of go into our final ratings? Is there anything to balance up the scales? I've got to think pretty hard on this one because I really genuinely enjoyed it. It was a lot longer than I thought it would be actually <laughs> trying to get through it. I know you didn't really have a problem with getting started, but because I had watched the movies. Yeah. For me, it was a little bit harder to get started when I'm like, well, I already know the plot. I already know what's happening. And I think like that's beautiful that you didn't. 
I think it's just so much more of a compelling story if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I didn't even know Beth was going to die. I was like, oh my God. It's still one of the saddest things to me. I am so mad that she didn't send for Amy. That to me is like so mean. And I know she's like, I want her to enjoy her time. But no girl, if you have a sister, if you have a sibling, nine times out of 10, no one wants to not be there on your last days. And I feel like Amy was a little bit robbed of seeing her sister. And I think you even see at the end of the book how much that really affected her. And I think they all were missing a piece of her, but I think that hurts especially hard for someone who wasn't there, who didn't get to take care of her, who didn't get to see her towards her end and didn't get that time to like say goodbye. It's really sad. Yeah, I, that was, uh, that was heartbreaking. Um, and yes, it was heartbreaking to watch Beth die for the first time. She's was not prepared. I think the one thing that I didn't like, and then as I was writing out my like review, I like caught myself in a lie kind of. So I said the one thing that I didn't like was Joe's um, whole independent character. And then, you know, like somehow she ends up at the end with a husband and kids and is doing the whole nuclear family type thing. Uh, and then I was like, but this was written in the 1860s. She would not have survived if she was by herself. And yes, it did feel a little bit tied with a bow, kind of like, there you go, storybook ending, it ended. But then I was like, this whole book is quite progressive for being written in 1860. And like, even just having a character like Joe in there. And so then I was like, "Mm, yeah, I don't think that's actually something I didn't like. I think that's just like, the modern woman kind of getting rising to the surface of uh, <laughs> my thoughts of this book. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, but based on Greta Gerwig's ver- version of Little Women, I believe she did some research and I do not believe that Louis May Alcott wanted Joe to end up with a husband. Oh. So I think it was a little bit of her publisher was like, she can't not end up with a husband. Oh. So. Plot twist. I think that you're kind of like on the the right path as to like, she wasn't necessarily wanting to write Joe to end up with a husband. I don't believe Louisa May Alcott ever got married. I could be wrong there. Let me look actually. Let me fact check myself really quick to see if she actually. That is fascinating. If so. Yep. She was unmarried throughout her life. So I want to say like a lot of her personal life is reflected as well in these books because, you know, like she had a sister as well who died. So I believe a lot of these characters were based on her family members. And so Joe, I believe, was very much based on herself. So I don't think she wanted Joe to end up with a husband. Well, that makes me feel better. Well, that's a great note, I think, to end on to get into our final readings. I don't think it'll be a surprise to anyone. I rated this five out of five. (laughs) I just think this book really stands the test of time. I can totally see why this is, you know, this was my mom's favorite book growing up. I can totally see why, you know, lots of young women have connected to this book because I really connected with this book. And even though it was written in 1868, I completely relate to all the characters in this book, to all the situations they found themselves in. And so I just think, I just think it really did stand the test of time. And I said, I think the girls in this book are such a great mix of selfish and selfless, traditional, non-traditional, and witty yet loving. So I think everyone can kind of relate to each of these characters and find a little something in there. Oh, I love that. 
Right. Okay. I think my final rating is going to be a four out of five. Um, just because like, again, to me, the story was a little slow. That's partially my own fault. But you're right. These characters are so human, so loving that it's hard not to relate. And I think it's a beautiful story of sisterhood and friendship and relationships. And it's just, to me, it's a beautiful story that it's not like too try hard. It's not, it's not all for the plot. It's all for communication and relationships and, and just how we as people move throughout the world. And I really like that. Mm, love that. Alrighty. Well, with that, we'll head into our pairings. So this is where we like to pair our book with shows, uh, movies, and maybe other books that would pair well with today's book. Oh, and drinks also as well. So I'll go first. My drink was red wine, spiced apple, and bourbon cocktail. So I found this on a uh, watch party for the new Little Women movie. It was like an article about like how to create a watch party and like which drinks go with which characters. And so this was for Meg. This was her character drink. Um, but they had a little snippet in here that said back in the 19th century, people used to use wine and other liquors as a pseudoscientific health tonic. <laughs> so it's healthy is what is what it comes down to. Red wine, spiced apple and bourbon. So then my TV show was Charmed. I actually have never seen this show and I didn't watch the reboot, but I chose it because the gal who welcomed me into her house for a summer in Nashville, Allison, shout out. She she comes from a family of sisters um, and she said that Charmed is kind of one of the best depictions of sisterhood on TV. And so I was like, I have to throw that in there. For those of you who don't know, it's three sisters discover their destiny to battle against the forces of evil using their witchcraft. So uh, it's a really fun show. I think now I kind of want to go watch it. <laughs> so this may, this may uh, spark that. And then my book is going to be Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, just because you have that sibling connection and you have that sibling storyline that I think is very similar. And, you know, this is sisters and brothers um, in Malibu Rising, but you really get that coming of age, how to kind of tackle this world um, when you're kind of given uneven circumstances and kind of how does each sibling tackle that same challenge and how do they, you know, navigate through this world. So I think that's a good pairing. And then I'm going to be super boring and my movie pairings are going to be the Little Women movies. Uh, 1994, 2019, and also the 1949, 48, something like that movie, if you really want to go back <laughs> to the OGs. <laughs> Um, so I think for a drink, I want to do a um, spiked apple cider. So very similar on like the same road. It's just giving like, I believe they live in like Massachusetts. And so it's like it gives Massachusetts and like in the fall and like just warm and cozy. And it very much reminds me of like people like gathered around the fireplace. Uh, book, I am going with March Sisters. Um, so it kind of is uh, four different women kind of go into each one of the characters of the main of the little women. And it kind of just explains how they um, kind of like relate to them or I would say they're almost like essays. So Kate Bollock, she goes in on Meg and her relationship with clothes. Jenny, I'm going to butcher this name probably, saying. Um, goes on Joe and the feminine genius. Carmen Maria Machado goes in on Beth and our own horror stories. And then um, 
Jane Smiley goes in on Amy and as a feminist role model. I freaking love Jane Smiley. So that's uh, awesome. So like just going in on each of the little women and and then also sorry to any of the authors if I butchered your name. Very sorry. And then for TV show, I'm going to go with Gilmore Girls. One, you're in like New England. Two... Again, it's like a very mundane story. I know Rory doesn't have any siblings, but it's still that like everyday relationship with individuals. And I really like that. And then for movie, I'm going to go with Brooklyn. And it is also a movie with Saoirse Ronan in it. So really like that. And it's another story like she's an immigrant. She moves to like New York in, I want to say it was like 1940s, 1930s. I'm not 100% sure. But around the time where a lot of Irish immigrants were not getting the best of treatment. And it's kind of like about her relationship with her family members back home and how she's making it in this New York City. And just kind of, again, like another very mundane story, but it still has love and it has um, like relationships and... So I really like that one as well. Love it. Well, there you go. That's the show. Little Women still still holds up 150 years later. Alrighty. Well, uh, that's our show. Until next time. Cheers. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all.